Hello and welcome to the Wrestling with Scripture podcast, where our goal is to explore scripture, biblical themes and topics, and discover what the meaning and intention is behind them in a real, raw way that causes you to wrestle with it, and in the end, seek the truth. I'm your host, David Sepulveda. I'm Mike Trujillo. And this is Wrestling with Scripture. All right, everybody. So this is episode one of our brand new podcast. And what we want to talk about is some of these scriptures that, you know, make you feel uncomfortable. And not only that, we want to get some context around them so that way we can, again, wrestle with it and try to get to the bottom of what it means. At the end of the day, we are going to stick with what the scripture says and come to an agreement on that. But first, we got to figure out what does it mean? So our scripture that we're going to be talking about today is Matthew 5, 39, where it says, But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other side also. And at first glance, when reading this scripture, my mind goes straight to thinking that no matter what someone does to me, I am to turn the other cheek. And I am not to take action against somebody like that. When Mike and I were talking about the first episode, we thought we would do this one for, uh, for us being men. This is a troubling scripture. Yeah, I, I, I think that as for men and as just as a husband, you know, and as a father, you see that scripture and you're just like, man, am I just supposed to uh, allow people to walk all over me or Treat you, like uh, a you know, yeah, be the be a human doormat for people in in Jesus's name because I, you know, because that's what the Bible says. But I think what's important here, especially with these scriptures that we're going to be wrestling with, is that we really have to take an in-depth look at who Jesus was speaking to, where they were coming from, you know, their history, and why Jesus would use uh, um, diagram to uh, to say to them, you know, hey, like, uh, you know, turn the other cheek. What does that actually mean? You know, what does that mean for uh, us today? What did that mean for them back then? You know, so I think uh, that this is a great scripture to start off of. I think you got to look at, you know, Jesus was here speaking to uh to the Jewish people here on the Mount and saying, you know, where where they were coming from was from the Moses uh, laws, right? Where where Moses uh, went through and, and said uh, in Exodus, right? He was like saying, yeah. if you do this, uh, this guy could do this to you. Uh, if you steal from him, you know, they could do this to you. Like, there was all this... The eye for uh, an eye. Yeah, exactly. When it talks about an eye for yeah, an eye. an eye for an eye. Yeah, a tooth for a tooth, right? Yep. And if your your bull kills somebody, then you've got to kill that bull. So I think, you know, that's where Jesus was coming from. He knew Moses' law, and he knew that uh, these guys were like, if, if you do something to me, i got to do something to you, because it's, uh, i got to repay you. Gotta and pay that's... For that. that's Human, that's our intuition, right? If somebody hits you, you hit them back. Or, or, or you just stick up and defend yourself. When I was reading that in the New Testament, one thing, Mike, that, that got me was, okay, so, you know, you, you see that Jesus was talking on the, the Sermon of the Mount, right? And the, and the Beatitudes, right? And I just wanted to give a little bit of context in that he was telling us, sorry, I'm going to pull this up. Oh, he was telling us that um, you can see the pattern that he's talking about when he's doing the Beatitudes, right? He starts with, you've been taught, and that's the old way, and that's what Mike was talking about when he was referring to the Old Testament in both Exodus, Leviticus, right? And then, then, then Jesus goes on to explain, but I say, this is the new way of doing things when he's talking in the Sermon on the Mount. And then he talks about the impact of that. And when you were saying that, I was thinking, man, um, Back then, it's like, okay, it's, it's pretty clear cut, right? If, if you do this to me, I can do this to you. And 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 God was very specific, wasn't he? When, when we were going through the Leviticus in, in the daily audio Bible, right? We went through that whole entire that whole entire series in our group. By the way, we do a we do a group study with the daily audio Bible, and and we went through Leviticus. And wow, I was amazed at how specific God was in giving those laws. And when He was talking about the, uh, you know. The, the retaliation, it's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And that's what that's what you were referring to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like when, you know, so Jesus is uh, up there speaking and he's telling them like, you know, this is the way you guys used to do it. And I, I don't think he was like, he wasn't saying that, um, you know, that the Moses law was was wrong or incorrect. And I believe in uh, in the Bible and in, in the way Jesus is laying it out is like, 
I'm not here to to say that the Moses law was wrong. Yeah, I'm not he's, doing away with it. He's fulfilling it. Right. Right. There's a difference. So yeah, there's a big difference, and so. I, I, like, man, you hear this scripture, it says, turn the other cheek. And I think a lot of people take it out of context. Or they use it against exactly. uh, believers, yeah. right? Like, oh, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. Why are you doing that? And you're just like, wow, I feel like I've just been, uh, you know, pigeonholed. I feel yeah. like I've just been caught in exactly. a trap Yep, somebody comes and do you wrong. And then they say, oh, doesn't it say you got to turn the other cheek, right? Yep. And, so, and someone, you know, uh, just does you wrong and they, they have that ready. And... Um, I don't know. I, I this this scripture is when when we were studying it this week. Um, at least for me, I didn't realize that how in depth right. this scripture goes into right. not just who Jesus was speaking to, and not going back to uh, him fulfilling Moses's law and stuff, but also how the uh, what is it, the first century people lived. Like there was a reason why he said turn the other cheek, right? Right. Because um, if he the way uh, you reprimand or the way uh, you somebody would slap you, you know, if you were being reprimanded or if you're a Roman soldier and you this. were dis- you know, I love this. pulling somebody, yes. you know, putting them in their place or, you know, dis- showing authority them. over exactly. somebody, right? So what you do is you backhand them because right? that's the way the Romans did it because and they did it with their right hand, not their left hand. And why is that? Their left hand is what they do when they clean their business yeah, up. It's you your doo doo hand. Yeah, that's, you couldn't wave at people with your left hand. You couldn't uh, shake someone's hand with your left hand. Because it was the unclean hand. The unclean hand. So when 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 you turn your other cheek, and no, you have to use a backhand, right? Yep. So as a Roman soldier, if you were caught slapping some uh, backhanding somebody, and they turn their other cheek, and you go and slap them with the open hand, well, that was a feminine way to hit, right? So now that, that, um, that just- It's uh, a reflection on you. Yeah, it, it puts you down, right? Because right. now, now you're hitting like a girl, basically, yeah. is the way, the way that came out. Um, well, those were the interesting mannerisms, and, and I had pulled up an article that, well, actually, it was on Wikipedia, because I couldn't find too many articles that talked about this, because I remember hearing that in a sermon before, and I was thinking, okay, well, where can I find some information on that? And um, this scholar, Walter Wink, um, I'm not sure who he is, but this he was one person who talked about this, and just like Mike was saying, he said, striking backhand a person deemed to be of lower so- social economic class was a means of asserting authority and dominance over them. And if the aggressor turned the other cheek, you know, you who was doing the slapping was faced with a dilemma, yep. right? And um, the left hand, which Mike said was used for unclean purposes, as the backhand strike on the opposite cheek would not be performed. An alternative would be to slap with the open hand as a challenge or to punch the person. But this was seen as a statement of equality. Like, if I, if I do it that way, it's more like, hey, I'm challenging yeah, you, right? It's a, fight. it's a fight, right? And then, um, so turning the cheek is saying like, hey, you know what? Demand quality from that area. But I just found it interesting. Like, there is, there, there was a, um, a mannerism to that, right? Like, you just can't, uh, you know, I thought it was just, you know, they smacked you. But there was intention behind that in just that verse. Yeah. And by the way, guys, you know, Neither Mike or myself, we're, we're not biblical scholars, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not pastors, to say, least, no. to say the least. We're just two guys who, who, love, who love Jesus and want to dive in and understand scripture. But we like talking about these topics in depth and we really want to wrestle with these topics. And that's why this, um, this subject is such a good subject for us, especially you men out there. Yeah, so, so if I were to, um, to, per, to come to you, David, and say... And, and, you know, somebody were to do you wrong, and I would ask you, like, what would your response be? You know, what? so if, if, I, if you were put in this situation, not knowing the context of things, and being a Christian man, and someone, you know, did you wrong, maybe someone physically uh, pushed you around or whatever, what would your response be to that? Well, it depends on uh, if that's uh, pre-saved or after-saved, right? I mean... <laughs> how about pre well, yeah, be- like before yesterday. I met Jesus, it would it would have been, you know, I I would have words, right? We would have words and probably start fighting over that, right? Because mm-hmm. because that's a sign of of aggression, and and you just don't go around smacking people. So that must mean either you're you're trying to punk me, you know. There's some serious disrespect going on there, and it has to be dealt with. Now, as as a believer, I'm conflicted by that 
Because one thing I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, turn the other cheek, but I'm like, I'm not Jesus. So I'm you know, like, try Jesus, don't try me. Um, but but that's that's why this is so complicated for me is because I want to I want to do what the Lord says. But at the same time, it's like you're 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 just flat out um, disrespecting me. And with the expectation that I'm supposed to just back down because I believe in Jesus. Does that make sense? No, it does. And, and I'm glad you said all that because I like if we go back and, and we look at what Jesus was doing, right? And I think if we really think about what he was trying to do was to point out that back then in Moses' law and the way people responded was a, more out of revenge. Right. right. You got to get revenge on them. And you look at it, you, you put something in uh, into today's thing where you see these gangs running around um, or you see, you know, whatever, uh, you have a uh, beef with somebody and they did something wrong to you. Right. And then they retaliate and then they uh, they get revenge on you or you get revenge on them. And, what, and it's what, a cycle. What? Yeah, exactly. What? that creates is a an unstoppable cycle because you owe somebody has to be right yeah somebody has to have one up on you yep right? has to get the last somebody laugh or the last, last thing mm -hmm. so i think what jesus was doing here was saying uh you you go back or you go through the scriptures and you go to the next verse where it says if if they ask you to walk a mile walk two right and i'm just paraphrasing and if you go back into that what jesus was referring to is back then uh, the Roman soldiers were allowed to tell uh, a, a, a citizen to carry their bag for them. Yep. And the, they could only ask them for one mile. So what they would do is they would go up to a citizen and say, hey, carry my bag. And you would have to walk a mile holding their bag. But what Jesus is saying is offer them another mile. Don't just walk that one mile, but go that extra mile for that. And what does that make you feel like? So if you go back and, and you look at it from the Roman's perspective, right? You go up to somebody, your mindset's like, oh, I'm going to make this guy do something, right? And there's mm -hmm. like this ignor uh, ignorant uh, attitude, right? And then they say, hey, uh, probably pick the weakest one, right? The smallest one. You say, hey, carry my bag, right? And so you have to carry his bag. So you carry it for a mile. And then when a mile's up, he goes to reach for that bag. And you go, no, I'll do it another one for you. This is, and, and I think it's, uh, you got like, you do it out of, out of freedom, right? Because you're doing it out of freedom now. Right. Before you were bound, you had to do it. Now you're doing it as a free choice. You're deciding to carry it an extra mile. Well, now, there's another piece in there though. Or what, what, what he says to, and I think this is where you're going with that is that beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, and I think this is the part, you will heap burning coals on his head. Yes. Right? Yep, that's exactly where I'm going with that. Because now that you're the, the soldier and you you get um, you get this, uh, this guy to carry your bag again and he's doing it willfully. Mm. Now your state of mind is like, oh man, like what? It changes you, right? And I think that's what Jesus was trying to get to is when you turn the other cheek or carry it an extra mile, you're changing that person. And what did Jesus come to uh, this this earth for? What what was his whole purpose was? Was to save people, right? Yeah. And if you're going to save a sinner, don't they got to change, right? They got You got to show them that there's something different. Like there's something more, and I think that's just one of those little seeds that gets planted in somebody when you turn the other cheek, you know, and or carry that ex that bag an extra mile. You're changing them, right? And and I think there's other, some other more context to that too because it also depends on the situation, doesn't it? Because there's one thing like you know you got a Roman soldier who's coming up to you saying do this, right? So that's an authority piece. Mm -hmm. But if you got somebody, it's like having an understanding of when to do it and i can't paraphrase this exactly but i was listening to a jordan peterson podcast uh, or i was listening to a jordan peterson interview and he was talking about a dangerous man and he was using the reference of a roman soldier i believe where he was saying you know a man a dangerous man is a man who knows how to use the sword but keep it sheathed right like he's a skillful soldier 
and can cut you. Or if you look at like you who likes to wrestle and do jujitsu or an MMA fighter, right? Like if a, a normal person just walks up to you, has no skill in, in fighting or wrestling, right? And they challenge you and you're like, hey, man, all right, I see you insulting me, but I'm not going to put my hands on you, you know, and if I did, you're going to be in trouble, right? Yeah. So that's the context, too. It's because it's like I, if in doing so, I'm more or less, you know, one, I'm honoring God, but I'm also showing restraint and, and, and in some instances doing you a favor, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's, there has, there, like, Jesus is not saying to, you know, to be a doormat, like we, you know, said before, but I think there's, there's, like you said, there's, con there's different scenarios, mm -hmm. right, and if someone's assaulting you, and, and you put in a corner, then yeah, you know, you're not going to just let that happen. Right, you should avoid it, you should do everything to, to, to do the conflict resolution first, right? Like, hey, um, I'm my bad, right? I didn't mean to do that, or, or hey, I'm trying to avoid this fight here. But if they keep pressing you, then it becomes self-defense. Yeah. And there's a difference there, right? But if you knew that you could avoid that and you went into it, is that a sin? You think that's a yeah, sin? Yeah, I think so because I think it's it, it reflects your heart, right? It reflects who you are and, and what your what your heart says about you. I think like you get uh, you get put in these situations, um, and if you choose right, you know there's going to be benefit to that. But if you choose wrong, there's going to be a consequence to that. That's a heart thing, I believe. I'm like in full it belief is. that you know when you're put in scenarios or situations, and you choose to react without thinking, or you react in a flesh way, then like that's tells me that maybe Jesus is not so much implanted in your heart like you say it is or yeah. like you try there's to, some room for spiritual know, growth exactly like if you if you're gonna if you're gonna sit here and, and and be the Sunday Christian tell me like oh like this is you know God this God that but when when there's a little uh when there's a little rock in the boat you know rock in the boat and you know you're the first one to uh to jump ship you know it's like well you have Jesus on the boat and you know, you don't believe that he could uh, calm the seas, you know, like, right. where's your heart at? Where's your faith at? Because if someone were to challenge me in a way, like you were saying, you know, I've been training jujitsu for almost 10 years and I don't, my first reaction to conflict is to walk away. And that wasn't me before, you know, my, I was the, you know, before I got right with God, I was the drunk guy at the bar trying to pick fights because I thought I was a tough guy right mm -hmm. like that's my that was my mindset and then you know I got humbled in jujitsu and obviously I'm saved and you know I've changed my ways uh in my walk with Christ but the way I got humbled was by roll I was my first introduction to jujitsu was I was rolling with a girl okay she was maybe four nine maybe five foot maybe a hundred and 10 pounds, you know, I'm a wrestler, you know, I wrestled in high school at this time when I was going there mm -hmm. and she mopped the floor with me. She, she was choking me out. She was tapping me out Ouch. for about five, 10 minutes straight. Right. And I'm just like, I left that place and I was like, I'm never going back there again. Did that, that hurt your ego, didn't it? I, it I, I think I left my ego, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, so I, I, uh, I, on the way home from after, after class, I'm like, man like i'm never going back there i can't believe how embarrassed i am she was tossing me like i was literally getting flipped over like i was getting embarrassed and you know something i'm driving home and i'm like something inside of me is like man if if that little girl can do that to me what can i do if i learn what she knows right and so that's what started my journey into jujitsu and 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 learning, you know, that art and everything, and and um, and that changed my perspective of being a tough guy, right? Because you you get you're the tough guy at the bar, but some little chick comes up and, and just mops the floor with you, you know, what does that do to you mentally and, and put things in perspective? You're just like, well, I got I have this all wrong, right? Yeah. And so you know, I went and and obviously I never quit or stopped going and. You know, 10 years later, my, uh, you, you think 10 years of, of learning how to fight 
you're going to be equipped to fight, right? And the first thing that you're equipped, or you trained, or you, your my first reaction is to always walk away, because it's never worth it. Yeah, it's never. Worth and it. and there's other consequences as well, because let's say if let's say you just lost your temper, and let's say it wasn't in that scenario, but it was a different scenario, and instead of walking away, you just lost your temper, and you go out and you slug somebody. And that one punch ends up doing some damage to that person and they end up going to the hospital yep. and you knew you should have walked away. So what are the consequences of that? And, and what was it all? What was what was it all over in the first place? Yeah. So we have to be mindful of the consequences when we're, when we're looking at this turn the other cheek scripture. And and again, this is why it makes it so difficult. And I think especially for men. We struggle with this because we have egos and we have, you know, pride. Yeah. And if, if somebody hurts our pride, you know, we'll do anything we can to defend that. Jesus puts it in a light that says, hey, if you turn the other cheek, when appropriate, yeah. right? When appropriate, let, come on, let's add that caveat. What you're doing to that person is you're heaping lumps of coal on their head. Like, hey, I now look like a jerk the way that I treated that person and look at how they were the bigger person and walked away mm -hmm. i think that's amazing you react right you you, you do a stupid reaction and, and you hit somebody you know i'm i'm a father right i'm a husband uh, i'm 38 years old and i react and i hit somebody and they bounce their head off the concrete and they die exactly well guess what happens i go to jail you go to jail you I pay the prison. consequence yeah so what happens to my family Right. Yep. What happens to everything that we, my wife and I spent years of building, right? All over that one reaction. Not only are you equipped physically to defend yourself, but now you start getting into um, your faith and your scriptures and stuff. And then you start becoming scripturally equipped, right? Mm -hmm. You become Christ-like and you start walking in his ways and you start learning Jesus's ways, right? And... So turn the other cheek. Now we may before obviously you and I both looked at it that as something as weak. Uh, weak. It's weak. Right? Yeah. Nobody if someone challenges you, you challenge them. You don't back down. It's it's, it's it, it, if you lose at least you fought. Right. Right? If someone's losing a You eye, stood your ground. Someone's losing something. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Some I could I'm not gonna back down. Yep. But see the beauty in in, in being a Christ like man is that we know those consequences. We see the blessings that Jesus has given us, right? And we've walked these ways and, 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 the, and the blessings and the, and the grace and the mercy that Jesus has not yet given us that are down the road are gonna only get better. So we're gonna, by making a reaction, a worldly reaction is gonna take that all away. So I think in Jesus is, if I were to kind of capture what Jesus is doing here, he's saying there's better life for you and Agreed. then instead of sitting there saying like an eye for an eye like moses was you know saying in his law eye for an eye tooth for a tooth yeah. you know like you you turn walk in the ways of jesus and you see yourself like i i've i've personally have walked away from a few altercations you know there's been a couple of times where you know i pulled somebody aside and um, you know, at work and just said, hey, I have an issue. And, and we talked about it. But my demeanor was coming out of love. Yeah. And the only reason why it was coming out of love is because Jesus has taught me to do everything out of love. If you're going to discipline, if you're going to argue, if you're going to uh, give, if you're going to whatever you're going to do, do it out of love. Hmm. And I, I think that I've earned a lot of respect from guys at work and in, in the trade and in construction and stuff that... When you come at somebody out of respect and love and say, hey, this is an issue, man. Like, I have a problem with you. And every time I see this or see you, I get this feeling inside and I don't like it. You know, and this is why I get this feeling and this is why I don't, this is why we're at where we're at, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you just talk about it and you walk away. And, and both times I've done that, I said to these individuals, like, it's water underneath the bridge for me. From this day forth, you know, our, we are a new friendship. We're, we're entering a new uh, friendship, you know, like everything's wiped clean. Well, isn't there's levels to it. And I think that's the that's what we strive to, because, you know, when you're the old man right before Christ, you might have had a temperament or whatever your temperament was before you came to Jesus. But now that you've been saved, 
there's this process that you go through, right? It's like it's like working out. It's like building this muscle. The first couple times, you're going to fail, right? You're going to lose your temper. It could be with your wife. It could be with your kids. It could be with a coworker. You name it. And then you learn from that because as you're starting to dive into the scriptures, as you're starting to develop that relationship with Jesus, things should change, right? You should not look like the man you are today. I mean, you should, the man you are today, you should not look like the man you were five years ago. Right. There should be some difference. Yeah. And that's what happens when you become a Christian. Right. You're the old has passed away. Embrace the new. And as you start to learn what this scripture means by turning the other cheek and looking at it from a perspective of this is a growth thing. This is a hard issue that we're dealing with here. I went and I talked to somebody because your demeanor could have been different. Right. When you pulled them over, you could have had chest out, proud look, your, your tone of voice and the way that you projected. That could have been offensive and they could have felt like, all right. This is going to go somewhere. There's going to be a confrontation as opposed to walking up to somebody and saying, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I have an issue with this, what you said, right? It's all in the way that you present yourself. And that's when you know that you're growing because you are developing that muscle through um, growing closer to Jesus. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly true. You know, it's it's uh, I, I think you see yourself like in a week from now. Am I going to still be the same man? The answer should always be no. You should always be learning. You should always be growing. You should always take something to failure, right? Yeah. That's how you grow. So for me, to be to be honest, the turn the other cheek scenario that we have here that we're wrestling with today is, I learned how to do this in a world, in a worldly aspect, right? Out in the world. But what I struggle with turning the other cheek is in my home, okay? Mm. And in, in my- Go ahead, let's talk about it. There's some people close, who need to hear this. In my close circle, right? Because I think what one of my main issues is that I'm dealing with now that God has kind of opened my heart with, uh, or sorry, opened up my heart to deal with, is the Christian Mike outside the home is not necessarily matching the Christian Mike in the home. That's an inconsistency. Exactly. And so what God is showing me is like, hey, like all these lessons you're learning, man, you're doing great out in the world, but you're missing the beat at home. Like, what's up with that? You know, and for me, I'm, I like, man, I have I have this issue with this, the, the scenario at my home, you know, going the stuff that I'm going through at my house and stuff. And I let it I let it come out. I let the world mic come out, right? The 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 Christ-like mic is gets um, uh, put away, right? And then so there's there's this conflict between worldly mic and Christ-like mic, and there shouldn't even be a conflict, right? It should you should be Christ-like all the time, and for me, you know, man, it's it's a struggle because you you get to your home and you kind of want to, you almost want to like just let, let your hair down or, you know, like get relaxed. But that's where, that's where the enemy comes, you know, when, when you're relaxed, when, when you're not on guard. And well, let me ask you this, cause I think we need to tease this out. And, and cause do you think there's also a component to this where it's because if you were to act like that outside of the house in the world, if you were to, to treat people outside of your house, like you do the people who are in your house, there would be conflict and a lot more bigger consequences. But because you're around loved ones and you know that they're going to love you, you know, to a certain extent, no matter what, right? They're a little bit more lenient with, with putting up with your stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I've heard that from Jess before, too, where she said, hey, why is it that when you go to work, you're this person and when you're in front of other uh believers right you're this person but here you tend to change and that had me that i had to i had to deal with that and i'm still working on that because it's like you know what we're together all the time so naturally because we're together all the time the the conflict's going to look a little bit different when we have a disagreement and, and i'm not talking full out yelling screaming and going that far even though there are certain situations where that's happened mm -hmm. but there's just this level of comfort with my own family that I don't have out in the world. Do you think that tends to play into that scenario? I, you know, yeah, I'll agree with that to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that does have a part in it. But I, I think like we're if you, 
if you stay there, then you're selling yourself short. Because if you look at scripture, what does Christ say about the man in the home? Mm -hmm. What does he say about how we're supposed to love? And what does he say about uh, how we build our house? We build our house on, on, on um, solid ground. That's, that's the word that's putting God first, right? Right. We're supposed to love like Christ loved the church, which means we die for them. Look at all this stuff that God says in his word, how we're supposed to be, which we tend to be outside. The one place that God always keeps referring back to in scriptures when he's talking about this is a home. And I think that, you know, if you think about it, the enemy attacks the home always. There, and even in Revelations, right, uh, there's going to be homes divided because of God's name. If you like every scenario is like it takes place in a home. That could be a so, whole nother podcast right there too. <laughs> so what where should we be more Christ like anyway? Is in our home. Not only in you and I, we have children, so everything we do, they see us doing and they see it and then they mimic it. It's just a way it works. Well there's gotta be consistency, but I, I think it's even more important and holds more weight in the home because to the reason which you just explained mm -hmm. our kids yes and, I and of course our wife we you know that that's our queen we're supposed to treat them with respect and i think that's why why it becomes such a heavy burden at least for me because like i said my what i want in, uh and what i feel like the right way to do things is the way i'm doing everything outside of my home but when i come home for some reason it's easier, like you were saying, because we're comfortable. And like for me, being comfortable is a bad place to be because you become content. Then you be, then things- That opens then, the gateway. Exactly, then things are like, oh, let me, I can just do this. And let me tell you uh, a quick story here is a few times Jal and I got into arguments and uh, I found myself sitting in my garage alone, talking to God and then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I could have a drink and nobody will know. I could, I could have a it's few. that devil talking I on your shoulder. A, I could have a few drinks and nobody's going to know because I'm by myself and I'm alone. And, I, and at this time, I was comfortable with where I was at in my walk. This was a uh, year ago. I was comfortable. Everything was working great in, in my relationship, in my marriage, in my, in my walk with God. Um, everything was great in our ministry work everything was great it was good but I was comfortable and then I became content then I be you know then things started uh, backpedaling where my thoughts were like oh well yeah you know I, I deserve to have a beer I deserve to this and for you guys that don't know I'm a re I recovered from alcohol and addiction I recovered from that so for me to try to go back to that I could just imagine the demons licking their chops, you know, as they were whispering things to me, thinking like, you know, they were going to get me finally. Like you can't do this. We yeah. got you. You know, but. Who do you think you are? Exactly. Right. And so I, I just, I, I told God that year, I was like, I don't want to be comfortable. Search my heart. Fine. Turn over all the rocks you need to pull out all the roots because I know I've been like, I've been sober uh, for three years at that time. And, and my relationship with my wife is great. My relationship with the church is great. Our ministry is great. But there's more. There's a reason why I'm being attacked the way I am. I'm comfortable. And I don't want to be comfortable in my walk. I always want to be growing and learning. A lot of people think when you uh, failure is the end. But failure is the beginning of learning. There's a process that we must take if we're going to be Christ-like men. We got to understand that there's a there's a there's stuff that's going to happen to us, and we can't let us let it let that take us out, yeah. because there's too much that that we bear on our shoulders. Well, you can't just say you know what I'm saved, and then just you know even though you hear that you're saved and all things are new, there's a process, right? There's a transformation that that's going to happen, and just like clay in the hands of the potter. You know, the Lord has to chisel all of that out with you. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, man. How are we going to take this and and, 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 and go back to the revenge aspect of this? Because turning the other cheek, and now that you're talking about in the home, how often do we do that as men with our spouses or significant other? 
Because you're different with a stranger, I can guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. When you're yeah. out there, you meet a stranger, you're going to... Turning the other cheek means something different. Because to a certain extent, there, there could be a... Uh, you know your integrity or reputation on the line but in the home it's just you and your family I think um, you see where I'm going with this starts with pride as as men as uh, a head of the household right you're the husband there comes a little pride with that and I'm always reminded that the very first sin in the Bible is pride when when Lucifer gets kicked out of heaven is because of his pride. And I think, I mean, this is just me, my own personal thoughts, you know, like, I'm not a scholar. <laughs> like, I don't know the ins and outs of the Bible, so, uh, but from what I can gather is that's one of the biggest hurdles for a man to, to overcome because there's always pride in everything that we do because I think as men, we're it's always competitive being nature. judged either by other men, the man in your circle, one guy gets a new car and you're like, oh, that's, you know, maybe it's time for me to get a new car. You know, what What makes you think that way? Why, like, you know, if someone gets a, a buys a new house, oh, I got to get a house with an extra room in it, you know, like. I gotta have the man too. cave. Yeah, like what makes you think that way? What What's the driving force behind that? And I believe it's pride, at least for me it is. You know, when I see other guys, succeeding and stuff and i'm like ah i'm not there i need to get there and this and that and it becomes more of a like my my wife always tells me it's a machismo thing for me you know it's it's like that for me and and that's uh i think in the house in the house you 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 walk around like hey you need to respect me because um, i'm I'm the the man man in the house you know you need to respect me because God has authoritated me to, to be the head of this. You know, like, we, we go that route and we talk about that. And, and it's like, man, that pride, it, it just, it, it takes over sometimes. And I think that's where a lot of my issue in my own home, where, I'm, where I tend not to be so Christ-like at home, is because there's a lot of pride that I have to, uh, that I have to kill off. You know, like, you know, do I, do I really love my wife and kids? Well, absolutely I do. If you were to look at my life from a a fishbowl or, you know, third, uh, third party and, you know, yeah, you say I would love my family. But if you were to see my actions, sometimes you'd be like, what, what is wrong with you? What's going on with that guy? What's, what's, yeah, what's going on? Like, what's, you have issues, you know, and stuff and. You know, not that we all we all have issues and everything. I'm, you know, but I think there's a component. For example, when I find myself in the arguments with my wife, I tend to to not turn the other cheek because I want to ha- I want to be the person with the last word in mm-hmm. or with the final saying, like you said, with the pride. Oftentimes, more often than not, you know, I always end up in the doghouse. And it's all over something so small that I could have just walked away and saved myself all of that trouble by just saying, okay, this this is not a battle that I want to win. I'm just going to walk away and leave that. Maybe it put leaps lumps of coal on her head or something like that. I don't know. I, I think that mo that the having that challenge and learning to be consistent inside the home and outside the home when it comes to turning the other cheek is important and it's something that we need to work on. Now what do you think are some steps that we can implement to help us to get better at turning the other cheek in accordance with what Jesus said. I think, you know, for me, where where I can see myself, when I wake up in the morning, I don't necessarily say thank you, you know, and I and I don't and I don't give thanks to God for for waking up in the morning. I keep like I think I need to start there. That's something I've been gratitude. So gratitude. It's been on my heart. Yeah, it's been on my heart lately to start opening my days up with being thankful for waking up and because that positions you to start the day right with a, with an attitude of thankfulness exactly and and i just and and too like when you wake up first thing in the morning and you give thanks to god for for all that he's done and all he's about to do in your life and and you ask god to equip you with the right words to say with uh if you come across somebody that you know that he has a divine appointment for you know that day that's being submissive to god Right. That's putting yourself underneath. So that already puts you in a, a submissive state of mind where, you know, Jesus was the master at that. 
in a way that he if you read his his stuff like he was he was submissive but with authority that is a contradiction to guys right you know submissive like, with authority yeah because we don't like to submit exactly but what did jesus do he got in a towel he did and washed feet and he and that was a strength that was actually yeah. a sign of strength so i think when when we when we wake up and we're we be thankful for you know we submit ourselves to 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 god and we be submissive i think that puts the mindset and the mind frame in the direction of being that type of way throughout the whole day and that even includes being that way at home because that's going to be cha- like for me that's going to be you know that's going to be challenging you know because i one of the things that i lack is you know follow through as like i said i i've been it's just, look at how funny this is right i've been thinking about and saying that i need to wake up in the morning and be thankful how many times have I have I have I woken up right <laughs> in the oh, last couple of months that I've been thinking about this like you know like what like there's a heart issue there obviously yeah. you know like I've been God's been waking me up consistently for you know 30 40 days however long I've been thinking about this and yet I think about it but I don't say it and I don't you know get on my knees and thank God for the morning but I think about it you, know? you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> my heart's in the right place. My mind's in the right place, but my actions are not. So, I mean, that just kind of, I, I think that for a lot of us, we could, um, we could sit there and, and say, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we think about all these things that we're supposed to do or that we should do. But how long have you been thinking about it? How many opportunities have you gotten to do what you've been thinking about doing? And so I think, you know, that's, like I said, man, like these are some of the stuff that I, I, I struggle with, and I don't know why. Why it's such a hard issue to to wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, I should have thanked God for." Well, no, just do it, man. <laughs> like take action. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me, but yeah, that's that's kind of I think where 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 things start, where you be thankful, get on your knees, and be submissive to Christ, and see where your day goes. Okay. Know? At least for me, that's what because I think that's gonna you know snowball effect. Uh, the way I be submissive and quote-unquote turn the other cheek at home. And I think for me, it's it's being slow to speak. Let's say, for example, in the household, uh, my wife says something to me that may trigger something, you know, trigger anger or whatever. It's, hey, be mindful of what I'm going to say and, and be thoughtful about how I'm going to respond. Breathe first before I respond. In that kind of situation where you put into where you may have, where you're gonna have to turn the other cheek, it's be slow to respond. Think about what you're gonna say. Be mindful. Could this ruin the relationship? Can my wife walk away from this mad and not talk to me for the other night? Can I damage a relationship with a friend? Can I potentially jeopardize my position at work? Am I going to ruin a relationship by the way that I respond? And I need to think about that and be slow to th- be slow to speak. Yeah, I think this man, this is uh, the the, the you, this verse turned the other cheek. Like I said when I opened up, was it's deep. It is deep. It, it, goes it is so deep. deep in context. It goes so deep in you know just their their way of being at that time. What it actually meant, how it parlays to us being today. Uh, what does that look like at home? You know, like this, this, this verse, I think the reason why a lot of guys and a lot of people struggle with it is because they're, they're, they don't know the context of it. They don't exactly. see, they don't see that Jesus wants a better life for you and being submissive and is being Christ-like. Now, I heard, um, I heard this uh, quote before, or parable, whatever you want to call it, but I heard this and it made so much sense to me, is there was a, um, there was a, there was a farmer and he, and there was, uh, he had a student that he was teaching. Uh, he did, um, I don't know, he's like a, a, a samurai or something, you know, back in those days. And he was a farmer and he was teaching got uh, kids had a fight and this and that and the kid one of his students got in trouble for fighting and he said the the student was like are you teaching us how to fight so this is how you know i i did what you taught me he goes wouldn't you he's like you're there's a war 
going on right now and you're a farmer like why like you're like this doesn't make sense like you're teaching us how to fight but yet you're just doing nothing about it and the guy was like the farmer I'd rather be I'd rather be a fighter farming than a farmer fighting that's interesting I'd rather be a fighter farming than a farmer fighting Exactly, because there's yeah. violence. Exactly, and yeah. then the consequences of, the consequences. of that are are extreme to that matter. And I just I don't know, like you 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 put life into perspective. It's crazy because you get these experiences where you pull yourself out of the bubble of, of everyday life, and you go through these experiences, right? And you're like, oh, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna do it. But then you go right back into the bubble, and just like you forgot to take everything with you. And then you're like, oh, I messed up. I should have done this. And you're just like, but you just had that experience, you know, you, and it's that experience where, you know, God comes and makes a note to you saying like, he, he's the one that pulls you out of the bubble and he takes you through these experiences and he shows you the way things should be. And you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to hit my knees. I woke up this morning and I just went up and grabbed my cup of coffee. I ignored right. everything that I, I thought I was going to do. Yeah, exactly. So, in in sense, you know, I'm the I'm the farmer in the fight right now, and I I have a lot to learn. Well, it's good, and that's that's why we get to. That's why we do things like get on this podcast and talk about it, because from this conversation alone, I'm seeing things from a different perspective. We've had this. We've had. We've had to go in and start looking at what does this scripture mean? Because I was really taking an issue with this. With this scripture, it really bothered me. And I've. We've in my household. We've talked about it with my son and my daughter and my wife. And you know, we had a really good conversation. And then all of a sudden, the conversation started going south. You know, because it's like, hey, you know what? I always teach my son like if at school, right? It's never okay to be a bully. But if somebody puts their hands on you, it's okay to defend yourself. And then when you read this scripture and then we're like, hey, you know what? The, the goal here for the family is to follow Jesus. Well, Jesus is saying something different. And I'm like, I accept Christianity. I just don't accept this verse. Come on. That's the machismo starts coming in, right? Oh, you're a man. You're supposed to do this. And then I started you know, my wife pointed out to me that that was foolish thinking and being foolish. And what are you going to do? Just punch somebody? Yeah. Well, you're going to end up in jail. <laughs> no. Okay. That makes more sense. I, I'm just talking out of my out of my rear end there. But this is something that I'm struggling with too because I have heard the response of that to me for being somebody of faith. And in certain situations, and this is what I'm guilty of. I'm just going to put it out there. Be transparent. Around certain people, I was intimidated to say that I was a follower of Christ because mm. I didn't want to be held accountable for my actions. That, I mean, I, I don't like to say that. I'm, I'm just hurting my feelings right now just saying that, yeah. right? But it's true. It's because I wanted to have the freedom to jump both sides of the fence and be like, hey, um, we're, we're in this situation and something goes down, right? We can handle it. The other one is, hey, I want to love people. But you can't walk on both sides of the fence. No. But I didn't have any context into what that scripture meant. And now that I do, I can understand that it is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. When, just like all things with the Bible, when you start learning how to take it into context. What are your thoughts on that? Let's see. I... First of all, if you're walking on the fence, you're... You got some problems. <laughs> the devil owns the fence. Let's just put it that way, right? And I think, you know, you, you being uh, two different people is... For me, it was when I was, uh, n when I was new in my walk, it was cussing at work and being one of the guys at work. Yeah. You know, but then I'd come home and I was Christian Mike and I was church going Mike. I was Christ like Mike. And around people, they were like, oh yeah, Mike's a Christian, this and that. But when you go, if you were to ask the guys at work, they would say, oh, I didn't know he go. He went to church. He didn't act like nobody that went to church, right? Mm -hmm. So my big thing was cussing. Like I, I was cussing all the time. And when I got my life right, I knew, I, I found that conflict within my heart with 
okay, I'm supposed to be witnessing to these guys. I'm supposed to be inviting these guys to church and stuff. But yet they see me cussing and they hear me cussing. Is that what Jesus does? You know, <laughs> like in my, they, they, see, they, they see cussing Mike and then I bring them to church and they see uh, raising my hands and, and, and worshiping God Mike. Right? And that discredits the gospel. Exactly. Right? Your, your example. You're, you're doing a, a disservice uh, by that. And a, a funny side note, uh, when my wife and I uh, first, well, when she first got saved and um, we were still walking, we just newly walking in the church and stuff, uh, we would go out and, um, and drink at the bars and try to preach like, you know, the gospel. Hey, those are some good conversations, were they not? When you're yeah, drunk, talking you're, about you're the... drunk, right? <laughs> you're all drunk and you're just like... You sound you talking nonsense. And you, and you look, you're like, man, that's not what, you know, what God's all about. And, and so uh, you have to make a choice. Are you going to hide your faith or are you going to live out your faith? Because that's what it comes down to. And, you know, I chose to quit cussing. Uh, I don't cuss at work anymore. And some of the guys that I work with, they know why I don't cuss is because I'm a Christian and they know I go to church. You know, I'm not ashamed of my faith. And I think for you, what you were saying about holding back, you know, because you want to react a certain way. When you put your faith out first, uh, you, you kind of check yourself, right? Yeah. Like I have to check myself when, I, when I'm talking or... Uh, I have to check myself when I'm in certain situations and I almost cuss or you know something yeah. like that, and I'm like I have to be, I have to be a living example of what Christ has done in my life, and if people don't see change in my life, what kind of what kind of God do I serve to them? Well, as a matter of fact, that's the best witness because people see that change. People could see like the old me, and then they see the new me, and they're like. I, that's a different person but it, it took i don't think we talk enough about the messy middle because you got the person before and the person main new and that process that has to go on through the middle and i think some people only get to see the before you and the you now but they didn't see that growth process the, those ups and downs of how you got to this point and all of the the chiseling that god had to do with you yeah they didn't see the uh the refinery the refining yeah the refining the fire right so yeah. it's those things those little things that we choose to do we we decide right mm -hmm. we kind of went over that uh on friday when we talked about the word decide that was a good analogy go ahead and share that with everybody right. everybody we got to share this mike go ahead and drop so, it on them. so if you if you think about the word side right you think about homicide suicide and pesticide Right, those all have stuff to do with killing or death. You know, death. And so, when when you decide, when you make a decision, when you decide to do to live for Christ, this is the example I said. When you decide to live for Christ, what part of your old self are you that you need to kill off to proceed in your walk with Christ? Right, so when you make a decision, when you decide, you you have to change. You there there has to be uh, an awakening. There has to be death to your old self. You know, a lot you hear a lot of people say, you know, you got to murder your flesh, right? Mm -hmm. You got to kill off that. You got to you you and that's it's a choice. And and one of the things you know the uh, that God gives us is choice. So when you decide to kill off the cussing mic when you choose to to when you decide to kill off the angry mic the jealous mic the bitter mic uh the old way of thinking mic the drunk mic the drug using mic when you decide to, to kill that mic off the what's left is the beauty of what Christ wants you to be to become. Then right. you make room for all the blessings. Then you make room for everything that God wants for you, which is the desires of your heart. So that's kind of what what I like how I kind of feel about that. When you when you decide, it's not just you see people say, "Oh, I'm gonna decide to you know become a Christian," or "I'm choose you know I did that." Like, do you know the weight behind that yeah. word? Are you willing? Right? Are you ready to own it? Are you willing kill off some things? some let go of some people say good you know 
say because you're gonna you're gonna move away from your family you're gonna move away from your party life you're gonna move away from your party friends like that whole lifestyle mm -hmm. the, the the lifestyle that you lived in every day you you have to kill that off and and when you move forward you can't bring death with you because what what happens with death you carry an odor uh, and I think I, if I remember correctly, when it says somewhere in the Bible where you carry ways they punish people, where they made them carry uh, a dead body on their backs, and that is the same scenario that we do when we try to walk with Christ and we still go back to the world. We're carrying the decaying old lifestyle on us, and what happens? That just seeps into us. Then. You can't put new wine skin or new wine in an old skin, right? Yep, in an old exactly. white skin. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so so as we dwindle down um, and come to a close, I think it's important again to encourage people to decide when it's appropriate to turn the cheek or decide to turn the other cheek because you know the context, the reason, and the benefit of doing so. Yep. Yep. And. If you struggle with something and you're wrestling with a scripture, you're wrestling with sin, get into your word. Get the context. Like get get into a relationship with God's word. I, I think this year, and I'm gonna keep repeating this because it's not masculine. I'm gonna keep repeating this because it's not a uh, pride thing. You know, I'm gonna keep repeating what I'm about to say every time I get a chance to say it. Because I think it's going to help some people view a relationship with, with Christ in a different way. But this year, my relationship with Christ, I feel like I got in, engaged. Like, I, I got engaged to Christ. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not afraid or ashamed to say that I'm in love with Christ. Okay? And, and I, I'm not ashamed to, to put it out there because... Of all the great things that God has done in my life, I could at least show my love for Him, for the things He's, the just like being, being in this situation where where it's not masculine to say that you're in love with Jesus and I'm engaged into Christ. And if you think about it, what does that you you know you could break that. Well, for me, what I do is I, I broke down what it means to be engaged, right? And that's a whole another. You know, yeah, we'll do that another episode that. on that. But I think if you have issues, get engaged to Christ and let him open up your heart and then you open up your word and then you get to know him, you know, and hopefully this podcast helps people do that. Hopefully we get to open up some of these uh, scriptures that people struggle with. And, and you know, I pray that um, it helps somebody. Um, you know, it changes somebody's life and, you know, and I just pray that it continues to change our lives. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear this. And this is why we're doing this podcast, because we want to have these conversations around scriptures that we struggle with and be able to talk about the vulnerabilities that we have in our lives. Most people, <clears throat> and this has been my experience in the world, everybody's experience is different, but people hold followers of Jesus to a higher standard and you know Jesus holds us to a higher standard but that is the bar and it's important for us to realize that following Jesus is a process and we need to have grace we need to have mercy and we also need to humble ourselves and just like Mike's saying he's he's becoming engaged with Jesus again this year I am choosing to be part of Jesus's community and not walk this walk alone. And we're inviting you guys to join us in this journey. As a matter of fact, we'll be posting this on Anchor and we'd love to hear from you. Please leave a message because there's the ability now to call in and leave a message and tell us, has this scripture been a stumbling block for you? Turning the other cheek, has that been a stumbling block for you? Give us some feedback, let us know how has this impacted you and what have you done about it? And then hopefully we can play that on a different episode. But yes, it is important to understand context. Mike, anything else you want to say? No, I just, uh, um, you know, thank you guys for listening. And I, I pray and hope that this uh, does you good. And 
I apologize if I butchered some stuff in this because I have tend to do so, but you know, I'm just going to be uh, open, transparent, and raw as I can be. Um, so, uh, with that, man, I hope, uh, I hope wrestling with this scripture gives you victory. Exactly. All right, we're signing off. God bless and good night.